This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. We are so excited that you're with us today. We have Scott Wozniak, one of my good friends. He is absolutely amazing, and you are in for a treat. We're talking about how to make your brand legendary. He's written a book that is coming out soon. You can pre-order it now. And it's all about how to create raving fans with the customer engine, uh, customer experience engine. And one of the things we're talking about is if you think about Apple, Ritz-Carlton, Chick-fil-A, when you hear these names, something just lights up in us. And they're not just brands, but they're legendary brands. And if you are in real estate, you know that you don't just have to have satisfied customers. You want them to be raving fans. So Scott, welcome. Hey, great to have you. Good hanging with you as always, Chantel. Yeah. So one of the things about real estate is, you know, I was telling you right before this call is that like, I have a friend who does chimney sweeps and I, I don't even know another chimney sweep to call because he's the only guy I know. So it's pretty easy. It's like, oh, I got one chimney sweep. And they're saying now that people know, personally know somewhere between seven and 10 real estate agents. Mm -hmm. So if someone knows seven to 10 people, they're like, I don't know, should I use him? Should I use them? So in real estate, how could someone make someone not just a satisfied customer, but make them a raving fan? Yeah. And we'll talk exactly about how, but I got to pause and underline that it is not an option anymore in real estate to do this. Like if if you have only one chimney sweep, you just basically have to not be an idiot, right? You're going to keep calling the guy as long as he doesn't like break your chimney or something. If it's actually clean when he's done, you don't care. You'll call him again. But when you get in this highly competitive crowded space, then it becomes a power curve, right? It's not the bell curve where it evenly spreads. Like the best get all the business and everyone else gets a small percentage of it. Raving fans is the only option if you want to succeed. It's either that or you're seriously struggling. And so the good news, that's the bad news. The good news is it actually works. There are systems. When I got, I spent 20 plus years inside these great brands. I've worked with real estate groups as well. And when you get into it, this is, there's repeatable stuff. There, It's not magic. It's not luck. It's not some people have a certain personality or gotten the right neighborhoods. I mean, there's a set of systems that everyone does that just create this because it's a human thing to why we pick people that we love, why we talk about them. Like, so, so we can get into all the tactics and how, but yeah, I just so love that you're calling this out because really there are businesses where like, I mean, you know, um, certain uh, trash picker uppers, right? Folks who come by and do all the sanitation work, they have a contract for the neighborhood. They just have to not be an idiot and not lose the contract. That's not how the game works for us in real estate. You're either raving fans or you're struggling. So we've got to figure this out. Mm, I love that. Well, one of the things that I've said to people before, like I'd say, let me ask you, I know that you are working with another agent. You've now moved over to start working with our company. What made you leave your last agent? And inevitably they'd say something like, 
Well, I was working with an agent and I told her specifically, I don't want a house with a pool. And inevitably she just kept sending me house with a pool. And I told her, I didn't want to do that. I don't want a pool. I don't want to take care of it. And every other house she sent me had a pool. And I felt like she wasn't listening to me. Mm. Yeah. So we have this engine you talked about, the customer experience engine, a little diagram we drew. Um, and the fuel feeding in the engine, we call customer insight. And, and I run across a lot of folks who have good customer data, but not customer insight. They know the facts, right? They know the budget and the you know features of the house and the geographical zones and blah, blah, blah. But they don't know why. Like, why don't they want a pool? Is it because of cleaning? Is it because they have a toddler and they're worried about safety? And like, do you know why they came to this zone? Why they're, And it's the stories, it's the insight, not just the data that feed the rest of the whole experience. And if you skip this and assume, no, no, we've got a program and we always tailor the program exactly right, you miss stuff. So I used to be one of the leaders at Chick-fil-A corporate headquarters. And so I'll give you a couple of fun Chick-fil-A examples because I, I think sometimes going outside, it helps, oh, and it brings it back in for us. So Chick-fil-A, we talk about two customers. They both come... Every Monday, they both order the, the number one, two women. Uh, they're both 47 years old, right? They both uh, live in the same neighborhood. They both have 2.3 kids. I mean, statistically, these are the same women. You have all the data. But if you get to the insight level and you understand why they're coming, you learn that the first one we call soccer mom, Sarah. She's coming with two kids, one in a stroller. She's there to meet other mom friends. Kids play in the playground. And they do these little tiny things that she loves. Like they'll carry her tray for her because her hands are full of kids to take to the table. They have this little, I don't know if you ever brought your kids, they have this little plastic mat with um, cartoons. You can stick down on the table. Your kid can destroy the table. Cleanup's easy. Mom loves that. Soccer mom, Sarah, loves that. Well, the other gal who's the same age and buys the same meal every Monday, she's business owner, Beth. And what she's there for is to get a break from the pressure of the office. She wants a little oasis of quiet. She does not want you to put a plastic mat in front of her with cartoons on it. And so this, this one last level of like, they both have the same buying purchase behavior. They're both the same age. They both have two kids. One of them brings them, one of them doesn't. Do you know why they're looking for this or that? And it allows you to do all these little operational things and it's not that expensive. It's it's a series of questions. Like, how, how do you get this insight? You ask, ask a couple more questions. Now, what I actually recommend, though, if you want to get really tactical, I love to, to get into the tactics. You don't just ask a whole bunch of questions all at once. Because, um, well, I don't, let me ask you, Chantel, do you answer all the customer surveys you get, you know, that people email you and send it? Like, why not? Why why don't you answer all this stuff? I don't have stuff? the time. I don't have the time. Same. And, and this is true for all of us. In fact, I don't know if you know the national percent response rate on a customer survey, the customer satisfaction survey, the average response for the US is 3%. That's so low that it is statistically not significant. Like you can't count it as valid data. So how do you get them better? Instead of asking 25 questions at once, because that takes forever and I ain't got time for that. I do what I call a pulse survey. And so you just have a series of, first you got to get the same staff at the beginning. I can't, I can't begin the process without getting your name and contact information and What's your house range and all the normal stuff. But then you start seeding in little bitty, just two or three questions at a time. Hey, can I just send you a couple questions here? Can I, you may be in person. Can I just ask you one more question? And as you go, you just start collecting and it's designed. This is not like you hope you notice. You're like, why this? What about that? Tell me more about this. Why, what, what did you have before? What didn't you, what? And as you just collect, you've got this process and you never require them to sit down for one epic discovery session. 
and you get the same amount of questions answered and you get this, and it becomes this ongoing conversation where you're continually learning. And if you do it right, remember you said that the one person in your hypothetical is frustrated. They're not listening to me. Well, if you do it right, every time you share back with them, they, they feel heard and it actually builds. Your relationship grows the more you ask because it's never a big ask. And every time you're like, so you're saying it's this, man, I really, ah, I appreciate you really care about that. Okay, that's good. We can help you. They're like, man, and man, she gets me. Like she really, and really all you're doing is this systematic series of small two or three questions at a time, just collecting more bits, more bits, more bits. So you start like every other agent. And by the time you finish, man, you've had 10, 15 wonderful micro conversations where they feel understood and every time you're tailoring and that allows you to know like you know what i don't think chantelle wants the cartoon plastic mat i think she's the person who wants this kind of treatment and you get to do these tiny little tailors we can get into all how to do that but man this this series of pulses a pulse process is what i love to create customer insight well i think one of the most important questions to ask is like if they've already bought a house before or worked with another agent, let me ask you, what did you not like working yes. with, with the yes. last person that you worked with? Was there anything? Cause then you can figure out what that hot button is, whether it's, you know, she always sent me prices, houses that weren't in my price range or, or, you know, she wasn't listening to what I said. Wouldn't you say that's probably just such a big one is that they're just Dude. not listening to what they actually want. Well, and, and I'll, I'll take an even slight deeper slice at it. You're going to get more honest answers from people, not because they're lying, but they, they really don't know. If you ask them what they want, all of us say broad, generic things, right? But if you want to get really specific and authentic answers, ask them what they don't like. And this is true of all humans. When you ask what we want, we'll tell you what we aspire to be like. But if you say, what are you annoyed by? Oh, you're going to get really authentic. Who am I really? And so if you want to get to know is like, man, how, what, what annoyed you the most, what didn't work, where were the problems? And then people like to vent and complain and you're getting really reliable information by asking that. I think another thing is a lot of agents, like they'll just say, like someone will say, I'm, I'm looking for something between 400 and 450 or something like that. Sure. And they tell you all the specifics, but they just like throw out like, 50 houses to them instead of like, Hey, take a look at these two, because that's just too overwhelming for the yeah, customer. Yeah. They're like, well, you're, you're now sending me 50 houses that match my criteria or a hundred houses. Now I need to go through instead of them taking the time and going, okay, let me narrow this down. Yeah. I and picked five houses that I think you might like. Tell me how I could change this or make it better. And this is a great opportunity to have another one of those insight conversations. You don't just say, I like, I don't like. Say, what don't you like about this one? What bothered you about this one? And you take all these notes like, oh, okay. So open kitchen is a really big deal to you. You didn't like how closed this kitchen feels. I understand. And so you're, then you come back to them with another set of houses that reflect what they just told you. Every one of them is an open kitchen. And you're like, now tell me what you don't like about. And again, you maybe they find a winner and they're like, that's the one. But if they don't really dig into what they don't like, and that'll reveal to you a lot of what they do want in a house. I want to tell you one of the reasons why I joined and I just love Cancel is that I can get a hundred percent commission. I get revenue share and I get stock. 
I am making thousands of dollars every single month in revenue share in stocks. And I now don't have to work nights and weekends on real estate anymore. You know, I've actually never been to a real estate agent's retirement party. And I want to be the first one that people are coming to at a young age. And I want to share with you some of my favorite resources. So if you go to joincanzel.com slash free, there's a couple that I want you to download. One is a 20 free lead generating PDF. It's gonna help you generate leads for free that you can download, as well as there's one on how to double your business. I don't want you to miss it. Go download it today. Joincanzel.com slash free. Hmm. Let's talk about hiring team members. Yeah. Cause I think right now, you know, a lot of people are, you know, saying, oh, I'm stressed. I've got so much going on. I need to hire some, some team members on my plate, even new real estate agents that, sure. you know, some of our, some of our folks are older and they need to start getting younger teammates in there. And so, cause they're like, I'm not going to show houses on nights and weekends anymore. And I need to start building a younger, younger team, which is great, but they're not doing that. So Talk about kind of some of the tips on where to go to even hire these people, really practical. And also some of the questions you need to ask to go, is this a person I really want on my team or not? Yeah, I love that you're asking about this because probably there's a bunch of things that have to stack to kind of create raving fans, right? There's no one magic bullet, but in that stack, maybe the single biggest piece is the hiring. Um, if you get A plus people who are the right people in the right seats and they're set up, like they will win. Um, listen, if you have to pick, you know, you guys have a great set of systems. I know a bit about, you know, you and I've talked about what you're doing. I love the systems and the support stuff that matters. It really does. But if I had to pick between like A plus players and an A plus system, I would rather have A plus players because they'll make up a system. No, A plus players in an A plus system, they outperform everyone, but I don't know about you. I've stuck a plus, I put, I've stuck C plus players in a good system. And um, let's just say I've, I've been impressed with how diligent they are trying to avoid doing their job <laughs> like for the love, put half that effort into your job. So selection is the first upstream piece that everything else assumes you have the right people. Not Again, it's not by itself enough to be great, but without it, I don't know that you can. So hugely important and getting harder. Again, I think five years ago when I was talking about this, I was like, oh man, it's the hardest it's ever been to hire great talent. The market's so now I'm like, those were the good old days. It is brutally difficult to select the right people, which only makes it that much more valuable as a competitive advantage. The people who figure out how to get good people win, um, especially in your setup. You've already got the great system. You've already got the, the tools in the environment. Like that's already solved for them. And the really like, the biggest single lever that your teams have is making sure they put the right people in. So huge passion of mine. How? Well, I look for three C's, um, character, chemistry, and competence. A character, like what kind of person are they? And I don't just mean a, a generically nice person, um, you know, good integrity, like duh, that's table stakes. Uh, I don't know anybody who's like, I love liars, right? Cheaters are the best. Like, no, everybody wants honest, good, nice, hard, hardworking people, but but there's also like this last layer of, call it almost personality type, more values and passions. Do they actually care about this stuff? Do they care about helping people? Um, if they're running your office, do they have a passion for details and systems and organization? If not, I don't care how nice of a person they are. Right? Listen, 
I am not a good office manager. I, I value details getting done and I'm terrible at actually being the one to execute that. I have a whole team that makes sure I don't drop balls because I get excited about the ideas and then I miss a detail. So, so you don't want me in that role, right? They, you, there's some roles I'm great for and there's some roles I'm not. And so do you know my passions, my gifts, which assumes you know what you're looking for in a role. And then you have to have a way of asking about that. Most people are crossing their fingers and being like, I had a good feel about her. Like she had good. specific questions. So let, let's talk about details. I'd say, tell me a time when you walked into an unorganized situation. How did you feel? How did you handle it? And what you're looking for is someone who gets excited about the chaos and says, I want to put all, and maybe a little bit annoyed, right? Like, oh, I don't like it disorganized. And then like, here's the tools I used. And I really got to organize it. Ah, so now we're talking or, and this is key. You want to ask historical based questions. Tell me about a time when is going to get you honest answers. So I know Chantel, we've talked about kids. We both have families. And um, if you ask me how I'm going to treat my children when it's bedtime and they go, I don't know about your kids. Maybe, maybe Kyle loves to go to bed. Um, my kids hate bedtime, fight it like it's the end of their lives every day. They're night owls like me. So it's, it's my fault. I really can't complain too badly, but Getting them to dadgum go asleep is so difficult. Um, and so, so if you ask me how I'm going to handle it, how do you, how do you like to handle now I'm going to tell you I'm going to be patient and kind and firm but fair, right? If you ask me how I did handle it this past weekend when my son would not go to bed, like snuck out of bed again, and I'm like, for the love. I didn't like lose my cool, but... But it was more difficult than I would like it to be for me to stay calm. And so you're going to, historical answers are much more honest than what I, because what I want to do, who I'm going to be is always awesome. Um, and and the, <laughs> the red flag you're looking for is vague answers. If you're like, you know, I just, I just, uh, I'm really good with him. Like, no, no. Tell me what you said. Tell me how you said it. How did he handle it? What did that feel like for you? And if they can't get specific. Back to my organization example, man, here's how I love dealing, man, I've organized this and this, and I, I use this tool. I like that. If they're like, no, I really value organization. And I always like to clean my workspace. And you're like, yeah, you got nothing else for me. Then it's probably not a big deal to them. And so you could say that about, man, I love communicating with clients. I love the conversation. I love the learning. Pro I love getting out and sit. Maybe I love houses. I Maybe it's not the, it's, I love the actual real estate game itself and love seeing new layouts and you're going to want to hear, well, tell me what you do with that. And how are you looking at layouts yourselves? It's the history that will reveal character, chemistry, people skills. Like how do they connect with your team? That's a big deal. We're going to spend most of our working, waking lives together. We should like each other. Um, how we communicate makes a huge difference if we appreciate and enjoy it. We don't have to be all-time best friends, but we have to have enough a connection that we're like, so how do you test for this in your interview process, right? Remember, most people are crossing their fingers. I mean, do things like take them out for a lunch or a drink or go see them out in a setting that's not just answering professional questions the whole time. Like, what would they be like to work with? And so give them a chance to play with that. And then you get to the chemistry, the competence, character, chemistry, competence. And that's probably all the stuff everybody's doing. The typical American company is just looking for competence, and so you're asking about job history and professional success and most of that stuff, most people are doing fine because that's what we all do. It's the missing pieces. And, and I'll finish with this, Chantel. Here's the irony. In a critically difficult market when it's hard to hire and you can't find the perfect candidate, I will say, okay, you can fudge a little, right? You can let it slide. 
But the only area I would let you slide a little in is competence, which is like backwards to most people's thinking. The only thing we're looking for is competence. Now, here's what I mean. They got to have the raw horsepower to do the job. Um, and of course, like if they're going to be an agent, they got to go get actually their license and do, I mean, you got to check some of them, but what if I find somebody who hasn't yet got their license or has never done it in this category or, or worked with a team like us or used our system? It's technical. I, if I can't find the perfect candidate, I will hire for character and chemistry and train them on the technical stuff. I, the competence, as long as they have the raw horsepower, listen, I'll even pay. I've even done this with folks like we'll, we'll pay for you to get your license. Like, you know, you got to commit X certain amount of time, blah, blah, blah. But like, we will help. If that's the barrier, that's the only area I would fudge in. And if the only part of your selection process focuses on competence, you're focusing on the one piece that is the least important. Again, I want all three, but when you can't get amazing people with the right heart who really click, you have the right mindset, they have some raw horsepower, put a few months of effort into getting them up to speed. And they will outperform the guy who's, yeah, he's done it for 20 years, but he really doesn't click and he's not that passionate about the work anymore. That's the guy that's going to hold you back. You want raving fans. You can't settle for the kind of the, the bored uh, guy who's just putting in his time. You got to get the character chemistry. Well, let's talk about, you know, as far as our, some of our agents, I mean, we get these emails that come in and say, you know, I've got to tell you about Kevin. He did such an amazing job. I've got to tell you about J-Mac. I mean, he went over and above, but instead of just telling us, right, mm -hmm. we want to get people to tell the people who love you and the people who are like, they, we finally got them to be a raving fan. How do we get them to tell everyone else? Like putting so, posts on Facebook and stuff like that. Yes. This is such a big question because I, I see this a lot. Just because they love you doesn't mean they're telling anyone about you. See, because people don't tell facts. This is the key. They tell stories. So if you want them to talk about you, you have to create a story worthy moment. You got to give them something that is not just a good factual experience. They have to have a, a cool little moment that they can talk about. So in the book with the engine, we talk about these as memorable moments, something that pops and sticks in their memory. Like, oh, that moment, you know, this thing happened. And then we, so it's, it's usually some combination of I expected A, but instead I got B, what a cool surprise, right? Um, and they can be good or bad. You, you, you'll have raving fans. You'll also have the other people who tell stories are what I would call raging fans, right? Like, uh, I expected good and I got bad. That story goes viral, but you can also get the, I wasn't sure. And it turned out amazing. So, so th before I tell you how, let me just pause because this is the biggest mistake I see. We, we create a story, but the mistake is that we make ourselves the hero of the story and it's not going to work. Uh, I'm going to use star Wars as an example, uh, partly because I think it helps. And okay. Partly because I, I might have a Jedi robe in the closet. Uh, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. So um, love me some star Wars. So I keep wanting to be Luke Skywalker, right? Like I'm the, hang on, uh, young Luke, not depressed, deadbeat dad, old Luke. So like they wrecked that character. So young Luke, I'm the hero. I'm, and I keep thinking if I make this story, like oh, check that guy out, he's a Jedi. They might even believe I'm a Jedi, but they're not going to tell anybody because they don't want to tell my story. They want to tell their story. So the hero of the story, Luke or Ray is them. They're the Jedi. They're the one who's going to save the galaxy. They're really awesome and they just don't know it but we need to be in the story. So how do we get business value out of a story if it's all about them? We play the role of Yoda. 
We are the wise mentor. We're the helper. We're the guide that just helps them realize you really are pretty awesome. So what we do is we create these memorable moments about how awesome they are. And we're just glad we could help help you. So, so here's some examples that fit really well for realtors. Um, we talk about the end when they move in. This is a huge opportunity for you to create a moment to celebrate them. So I've worked with agents who've literally have bought red carpets. By the way, they're not that expensive, a couple hundred bucks, like a physical red carpet. You can put it in your trunk on a big you know, pipe and you put it in and roll it out and they walk in a red carpet and you hand them their keys in a special little package and you make a moment and you're taking pictures and you might even bring two or three folks from your team to have this little moment. And, and like, yes, they signed all the papers, but this is the chance. That's about you, right? That's getting your stuff done. You should do that. And then when it's all done and you don't have any more money to get from them, then you basically throw a mini party and say, and then on the you post on social, look how awesome these people are. Of course, you give them all those pictures. And it's like, look at this new family moving in and you tell a little of their story and aren't they great? And we're just so glad that we were Yoda, right? We can help them celebrate. So there's a moment there where you, you throw that, you might even want to come back like a month later and do like, hey, you, you wanted a, a backyard with a barbecue in it. We're going to host a party on us, bring all your friends. We're going to talk all about how awesome you are. The party is to celebrate you. We're just going to make the housewarming party. I mean, we, we do this all the time and we and suggest all of our agents to do it. It's a no brainer. I mean, we basically have, it's at their house. It's hosting there. We, they provide the, the homeowner provides some of the food. Yes. We provide some of the food. And then now we're throwing them a party and now we're getting in front of 15 of their closest friends yeah. And then they can say what a great experience they had. That's it. Now you got to give them a great experience or you don't want to throw that party, right? Like, but let's assume we're doing all that. You got a team and you've showed up with excellence and you, blah, blah, blah. Right. Then you throw the party. There's three moments that I think make a big deal out of this, right? Three opportunities. So one of them is that we just talked about the endings end with, with excellence, like end with a big bang, throw a party. But you know what also is big beginnings, the first time they meet with you, the first house visit, the first email, firsts are really memorable. I call these wet cement moments, right? Like just a little bit of effort, you can make a lasting impression. So have like a pre-planned packaged kickoff that's like an epic first time ever. We bring a gift. We do this special thing for you. There's a lot of different ways to do it from a physical package you can give them to relationally, some extra stuff you do for them to stories you tell about them online. You do extra research and homework on them and then you talk all about them. So like design that first experience to make it amazing. So strong starts and big finishes. Those are the two of the three that you really design your first really big deal. Design your ending as a really big deal. And these are pre-designed to them. It feels like this marvelous, magical moment. You've planned it out. And then in the middle, create a surprise moment. Sometime they didn't expect. And this often gets much more tailored to them. This is where you, you want to know soccer mom, Sarah versus business owner, Beth. And you find a little thing you can do along the way that feels like I see you, you particularly, and I'm going to do something. This is where maybe you don't give them a gift. You give a gift that's tailored for their kids or for their parents that are going to move into the mother-in-law suite, right? Or maybe it's something tailored to their business or a hobby that you found out they're into. And you do this personalized surprise and you do some sort of, 
it, maybe it's you take them to a special place or simple little things, but it, the message is, I see you. I get you. You matter to me. You're not just another client. Um, your passions, whether it's your family or your hobbies, your, your stuff matters to us and we're just going to help you. And it's almost deliberately not about the house they're trying to buy. I mean, it might be semi-related, like here's a toy you can play in the backyard, but it's like, even if you don't pick a house with us, we just think this would make your life better. And it can be a physical gift, but again, it can be an experience or even just a personal note. Um, there are a lot of ways to do this, but to start strong start, a personal surprise and a big finish, and you can design that. So that what happens is that strong start and they're already talking to your friends. Like, would you, you're not going to believe what, and how much money would you have to spend online to try to get the value of somebody like, would you believe I got this new agent and guess what she just did for me? Like he just pulled it. And then the party and they're like, oh, this party's that you should have seen what they gave me. They, they bring out the piece that you gave them or something at the party. And like, yeah, yeah. She gave me this like two months ago. This thing's awesome. So um, the, I love the ways the you activate party. it. I love the housewarming party. If you guys are not doing that, you we have all of the tools that you could possibly awesome. need. We have like a literal checklist on how to do the housewarming party. We can send that out. We are out of time and that ah. was amazing. So Scott, tell listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you and how they can pre-order your brand new book. Yeah, probably the easiest way is just to go to my website. You can see my company, my book. I've got a podcast, a newsletter, all the fun stuff. But just go to scottwozniak.com, www.scottwozniak, scottwozniak.com. And you'll you'll see all the links to all my stuff, including pre-ordering the book, which comes out in October. So just over a month. Um, so yeah, thanks, Chantel. Always fun hanging with you. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another guest coming up right now. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents and tune in next week for another power packed episode. This is the millionaire real estate podcast.